Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring Drunken Thai boxer, Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want trouble. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I know Kung Fu. You know, baby. Fists of Fail. It's funny because we're at the store and we're picking out beers. I was kind of gravitated towards the malt liquor for some reason. Yeah, then, you already had picked it up, and you yeah. kept on asking me, what do you want to drink? Yeah, and, and I was like, I don't know why, I'm just gravitated towards this for some reason. And then you're like, well, it's, it's appropriate for this episode. And I was like, oh, that's right. It's, it's like subliminal messaging, and it's even funnier because this has a, a snake on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And you guys will clearly not understand what we're talking about unless you have watched the movie. And today's movie is... Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. Uh, my favorite Michael Jai White movie, and actually one of my favorite comedies. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. This is a uh, this is a rare movie where people try to make kind of a so bad it's good movie. Uh, I mean, they're they're more making black exploitation film, right? But uh, there's there's there are always lots of attempts for people to try and make like a you know like. A throwback comedy and it just fails mm-hmm. miserably right but so this this is actually one that's pretty successful yeah 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 exactly it, you said it just now it is a black exploitation film um but it's more of a parody than than uh well okay sorry it is a parody but uh, that's the, that word is thrown around a lot when people talk about this movie and summarizing what it is uh but i like to consider it uh more of an homage than a parody I mean, it does satirize uh, the movies that came out at the time, but mm-hmm. I, I think there's enough in it that actually uh, pays uh, homage to what you'd see in the early 70s of black, um, black exploitation films. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love this movie. It, it, I feel like every viewing that I've seen of it gets better. I will like it more as I watch it subsequently. Uh, and I'm glad we're talking about today because I was so excited. Um, this is the 10-year anniversary of the theatrical release, the limited theatrical release. I think it came out on DVD for earlier in the year, but it, it stayed in theaters for two weeks, and uh, and it just went away. And now it's become a cult film, and I'm a huge fan of this movie. Um, but obviously, I'm just gushing here. Zero, what is your general take on this? Uh, I saw this long time ago you know when it when it first came out and uh, i generally enjoyed it so i was curious to see if i would still if i would still like it and yes i i generally uh like this film it's it's pretty funny um i can i can nitpick but we can we can get into that a little okay. later but uh yeah overall it, it's pretty it's a pretty funny movie i like that while uh yeah it it, it is kind of a parody of black exploitation films uh, according to my internet research, uh, even though they're kind of making fun of the movies, they're making fun of things that were ha- specifically happening in the films that the older filmmakers did as kind of mess ups, like mm. like the boom mics mm-hmm. or, and, and whatnot. Right. So it's it it's cool in in that aspect that it pays homage in that way. Right. Yeah. If you okay, so if you are a fan of uh, movie making. You'll, you'll notice, or you, the kind of film history at all, you'll, you'll notice little inconsistencies there. And that was 
majority of them are intentional. You know, they're, they're deliberately in this movie, them in the movie. It's yeah. intentional, yes. Right, right. In the older films, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it is not. Right. And it's supposed to feel low budget. And for this movie, it has a supposedly $2.9 million budget, which is supposedly very low mm-hmm. for a production. It's pretty, it's pretty low. Yeah. It, is, it looks very good, though, mm-hmm. considering that uh, this could have easily. You could have been taken out of it if you saw, I guess, modern modern cars, modern buildings, modern technology. Right. But they did a good job at uh, filming in L.A., I believe, and just keeping everything in that '70s look. Yeah, and they they utilize enough stock footage from uh, you know from uh, what like we have Charlie's Angels, Police Woman, Missing Action. Uh, I didn't know about all these things until I did a little bit of research on it, and I noticed how different the film grain was. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very obvious. But uh, in, in terms of the authenticity of the movie, it does feel like it's it's perfectly in the seventies, especially with the film grain because they did shoot this in sixty millimeter. Mm-hmm. So it does feel like it's it's um, lifted straight out of the seventies, but also like the color correction, kind of like it's inconsistent too, which mm-hmm. I've noticed. It, well, you you can if you have a good eye, you can clearly see what is the footage that they that they use the sock footage that they mm-hmm. use because it's a little more grainy right. it's a little more dirty sometimes the aspect ratio isn't isn't right but that's fine <laughs> it, it kind of just adds to the charm yeah of the movie that things aren't consistent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um man I, God, I could gush all about this but i would like to preface this by saying um i i did i did have a little bit of trouble categorizing this as a martial arts movie for the longest time but uh, the thing with black exploitation films, especially after, um, like midway through the black black exploitation um, uh, period in the seventies, and I'm not the expert on this, but I, I know so much that like uh, it was happening concurrently with uh, the kung fu boom of the seventies, right? So there was kind of, there was kind of like a little bit of interbreeding, like inbreeding with, <laughs> with the two those two genres, and it's like, like well, you, obviously when those films are coming out at the same time, you can see like how the filmmakers would be influenced by what is popular as well. Right. So you have movies like once Enter the Dragon came out, you notice the there was a lot of um like the black audience especially like really gravitated towards that movie and you know like they they really want martial arts and they're you know, like they really were gravitated towards martial arts. So they had they implemented some of that into um you know the black exploitation genre. So we have uh like um we have uh, Jim Kelly for example. Yeah, I was going to say probably his inclusion in Enter the Dragon probably mm-hmm. really helped um, add more kung fu slash martial arts into their films. Hey, like he was in Black Bo- Black Belt Jones. That, that, <laughs> that was the title of the movie, and that's like a good indication of how uh, they want to use that kind of action in um, in in black exploitation. So, I mean, that's the direction that black exploitation eventually went. So, you can almost consider those martial arts movies too. And Black Dynamite is kind of in the same vein as that era of black exploitation movies so it, it's not it's not heavy on choreography yeah so i was gonna say uh when talking about the action of this movie it, it would be a disservice to ever say that the choreography is like basic or it's not good because you know there's obviously a lot of effort being put into it mm-hmm. uh, i think what they were trying to do is they were trying to match the choreography of those older films mm-hmm. because this could have easily turned into uh like modern uh, like a modern day fight and it, it shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. which it does not 
mm-hmm. like it, it just matches that kind of old style of fighting on a beat you know a little slower because maybe uh people aren't that trained aren't that quick mm-hmm. and that's it's perfectly fine because it fits what they're trying to go for yeah well we have michael jai white who is a authentic kyokushin karate master uh black belt um and he's fucking fantastic on screen so his he hits the beats perfectly um and you're right the choreography is simpler in terms of the way the way that they stage the action as well um it's not like they do elaborate flips and kicks and you know like there's uh, an action scene that will last five minutes long like you would see in our other episodes but it's it's nice and simple in the same vein of trying to again be uh, authentic to black exploitation films. Yeah, it's just it's replicating that style. Yeah, it doesn't need to be you know fancy or like over the top like modern movies because then it it probably would have taken you out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like I can't uh, help but feel like this is definitely trying. It's it's so hard to. Uh, uh, What's the phrase I'm looking for? Trying to um, appease uh, older black exploitation fans, uh, people who are like dedicated, in, uh, you know, like are very interested in that kind of um, uh, the, that kind of uh, film. So, I, like, you know, like I, again, I could gush about this fucking forever, like, but we can definitely just move ahead and just just talk about like what the movie's even about. Sure, right? sure. Um, so <laughs> this. I, I was I was kind of worried uh, when we were going to talk about this because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we generally talk about action. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, I don't want to say it's easier, but we can analyze, you know, fight. We can talk about the specifics of choreography, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Uh, I feel this is more of a comedy. So how it do is. we talk about a comedy without ruining the jokes for somebody? Yeah, you really I, I, I feel like that's a little difficult because you want to talk about the jokes mm-hmm. But then, does that mean you're spoiling it for people? Well, yeah. Well, but based on a new format, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to try to avoid spoilers um, because the plot is everywhere. Um, so we won't get... like it would, it would be kind of a disservice to the listener to kind of jump all over the place and talk about that. Um, but the jokes in this movie, uh, they're all very fitting. They're all... Um, they are all... Again, like they're paying, uh, they're they're playing with the fact that you know there are inconsistencies with the movie. They're all playing with the, uh, the 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 quirkiness of the characters and like how they're all supposedly bad actors or, or one way <laughs> or another, right? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, the movie opens with uh, three men who are supposedly getting drugs from a dealer, <laughs> and. The dealer reveals that one of them is not who he appears to be, and the actor begins. One of the actors who is accused begins speaking with like a quasi English British accent, and it's 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 really funny because yeah, like they're they're pretty I ain't obvious. No jive snitch. <laughs> I right. can't do a British accent. Exactly, I can't do a British accent either. But so the 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 comedy is is the obvious here. He's speaking in a British accent when he's supposed to be a guy from the streets. Sure, but the second layer here mm-hmm. is that apparently um, a lot of black exploitation actors had uh, they had experience in like theater training, right? e- exactly like right. Shakespearean plays. So they were they were well versed, mm-hmm. and that's where that you know second layer of of comedy comes from, which I which I didn't know. So yeah, yeah. Again, 
that's that's what I mean before uh, by you know like if you really have any sort of like understanding of like the film history of black exploitation again I'm not an expert but like it, if you have any understanding you probably find layers in this movie that like even you and I won't be able to cover right that was that was one thing uh, that was uh, unfortunate for me is uh, I don't have really any familiarity with black exploitation films and I have a feeling that because Michael Chai White and the director are probably huge fans, there's probably things that, um, you know, they just put they put in there that were spe- that are specific to that film genre. Right, right. So we have Michael Jai White playing the titular Black Dynamite. Um, I, I see him as the shaft of this movie. So he's basically shaft, right? So mm-hmm. he's like, he's badass. Um, he, he lays women. He kills people. Um, he... he you know, he's like an action superhero, basically. Yeah, he's the uh, like the infallible like action hero. You know, good right. at everything. There's no faults to him. Right. So, um, one thing I, I like to talk about uh, when it comes to like, like we're not talking. I don't want to talk about the theory of black exploitation. Uh, I don't want to delve into that too much. But the whole idea was, you know, in the early '70s, you know, like we, you know, black people were up, up still in the like very oppressed. Uh, very very oppressed uh, state right so mm-hmm. you know uh, when you go to the theaters you're, it's kind of like escapism right so you see an empowered uh, black super hero on screen you know like you kind of like put yourself in, the, in that person's shoes yeah um so black dynamite it's it's such it's such an interesting place for that character to be because he straddles the line of being uh that same kind of character but being fucking ridiculous at the same time because he's ridiculous. Like yeah, a yeah. person like this cannot exist. Mm-hmm. And like we're not even talking about the cartoon that came out on Adult Swim, which is an even more exaggerated version of the character in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is like I think there was a scene in the cartoon where he punt he he swims and catches up to a shark and beats the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Black Dynamite is fucking amazing because that character is just so fucking funny but we also have like other interesting characters in this movie as well we have um we have uh tommy davidson playing cream corn and uh byron mins who is was also the writer for this movie and uh it was i think it was a brainchild between him and michael jai white uh i think it was originally from michael jai white but byron mins uh came in and was um you know like put in put in his expertise in black, black exploitation and you know trying to make cobble this together and make it sure that's as uh, authentic as possible hmm. so yeah you know, I'm, I'm glad that like this this came, the the byproduct was as good as it is because it, i really feel like it's it doesn't stray away from like what you would actually see from uh, uh you know the movies that they're trying to parody from yeah but uh to answer your question, I don't know how we can talk about this without, you know, uh, you know, like, well, I don't know how we can talk about this without talking about the action. Um, there, there is action, but it's not heavily emphasized, like you said. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I was looking at the fight scene still, and uh, yeah, we can, we can still talk about it. But like, how about we go into the general plot of the movie? The general plot. Yeah, We're the not general plot. Yeah, it. we don't have to go deep dive. Okay. So the story is about. Uh, <laughs> so back to where I started with the three men. Okay. One of them right. is found out to not right. be yeah, who I, he says he before is. Before I start geeking out about the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he gets found out. Um, he gets shot up by the man, uh, whoever these people are. Well, the henchman right. of the drug dealer. Right. Uh, he gets shot up. He gets, He's killed. And <laughs> in a very dramatic scene, we see a 
Black Dynamite is, uh, you know, doing kung fu with uh, <laughs> with these random people. Um, well, we'll talk about this in detail a little bit more. But well, then he gets a phone call. Well, even even before that, it, it's very it's very it happens immediately afterwards. A police commissioner character oh, right. reveals out loud so the audience <laughs> knows like do you know who this is yeah this is the brother of black dynamite <laughs> i love the way he i love his delivery and his mm-hmm. lines because it's so on the nose mm-hmm. like everything's just like oh do you know who this is oh man this the streets are gonna get flipped over yeah like, yeah gonna be babies exploding right right there there's a danger <laughs> with uh, overacting mm-hmm. uh because it if you see movies that are trying to be so bad it's good you you can tell when somebody is like going too hard and they're they're overdoing it and it it, you kind of reel back from it right uh this movie straddles that line uh it never goes to a point where i pulled back but it it goes to that point where it's still funny that people are overacting (laughs) like like this guy does in the beginning and like many actors do later on yeah well he doesn't show up again in the movie but yeah i was surprised that's it from him Right, yeah, like even the tiny performances in the movie are just spot on. You know, like they they overact uh, later in the movie. I I, I don't want to jump over too much, but later in the movie, there is a doctor who um who, oh, who, yes. who wags his finger at Black Dynamite. Like mm-hmm. Black Dynamite, I am so ashamed of you. Like he, mm-hmm. like his dialogue is his delivery is just like that, but yeah. it's perfect. It's deliberate. It but it's funny. Right. Um, yeah. So like to continue what you're saying, like so he, the commissioner gives the the line and then um we are introduced to black dynamite humping the screen he's humping the camera <laughs> in like uh, a pov type of shot right and apparently that's some sort of homage to like dolomite um yeah i, I read that right i, I haven't again, seen dolomite unfortunately we we're gonna watch the eddie murphy uh tribute movie or parody movie but um but in terms of the actual films i have, I have no clue like my, that goes over my head as well mm-hmm. um so yeah, like he, that's uh, he he he's fucking the camera, and then he's like, oh, you're, like, don't wake up all the bitches, and it turns out like there's like seven of them on in the bed. <laughs> uh, little things like that add to his character. You establish who he is, um, and I I love Michael Jai White's performance in this movie because nothing against him, nothing against Michael Jai White. You're you're an amazing on screen martial artist, but and he's very menacing, you know, because he has such a big build. But this is the first movie where I feel like he has more than one emotion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean when mm-hmm. I say that? Yeah. I mean, when you're in the martial arts career, you, you're you probably typecasted as like, oh, you know martial arts. like, mm-hmm. And then I, I feel like it's, you know martial arts first, acting second. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of that. So um, like, I know what you mean. Like, I can't say I've seen uh, Michael Jai White movies and then noticed his acting per se. It was more... Yeah, he's an impressive martial artist. Yeah. So yeah, nothing against him. But actually, now that you mentioned it, yes, like he he's definitely a character in this movie, which is which is great. You know, it just shows what he's capable of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, have you seen Spawn? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I liked Spawn when I first. Saw oh it. man, I I'm afraid to rewatch it because it probably doesn't hold up. <laughs> I I remember him doing even before Christian Bale. Like doing that kind of straggly voice. Oh yeah, like, that's I'm, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure he he does that in that movie as well. See, like I, I'm probably in the same vein as you. Like I haven't seen that movie in a while, and all I remember is the CGI. Like I don't remember his performance at all, and I think the CGI just takes me out of the movie. Hmm. <laughs> 
But like to go off of what I said before and what we were just talking about, um, I yes, yeah, right. Like he's he's a great on-screen martial artist. But what I actually mean is, um, the roles that he's given, even in Triple Threat and Undisputed and Blood and Bone, his character's kind of the same. He's, he's just like a gritty. He's like gruff martial okay. arts guy who can't get beaten. He's down. like a no nonsense badass kind of guy yeah. yeah and that that's like the extent of his character yeah at least which from the film yeah like we saw triple that i don't know his character he's just he's bad guy he's, <laughs> he's not big, trustworthy yeah he's a he big bad guy people. yeah um and, and that's actually what i liked about this movie because you can see that he has comedic chops to him his mm-hmm. delivery is very deadpan but very funny um it, because I, this was his passion project right this is his baby mm-hmm. that he thought of it when he was in the process of uh, you know doing Undisputed Two, and he was just like, oh, I fucking want to do a movie like this, and you can you can see it on screen, like he's really into the role. Um, but yeah, like so we have him in the role, and he's he is no nonsense, but like he, he's given comedic lines in the way that like you would see him like Airplane or like Naked Gun, like these role these lines are very silly, but he's delivering them so straight yes. that like he's like he's not wink. See, like, he, I guess he is kind of winking to the audience. But well, I think that's where a lot of the comedy uh, comes from, is the fact that he's playing it completely straight, mm-hmm. and but what he's saying is very ridiculous or very, or very or, you know, it's just silly. Right, right, exactly. Um, man, so <laughs> I'm fucking, I, I'm, I keep on like stopping us from continuing the plot. So, um, so now that uh, Black Dynamite's done humping the camera, we are now at the scene where he's fighting. Um, he's fighting a bunch of people in his own apartment. In his, I guess, his personal dojo. Yeah, and and, even, and this is technically the first fight scene. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and even this is funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> they they do it right. They played for, they played for comedy. Yeah. And I guess one thing I noticed is that Black Dynamite is kind of like an eighties slash eighties slasher movie. I movie killer. What do you in mean? that he's able to use the uh, the camera frame to hide and then reappear <laughs> conveniently, uh, you know, uh, and then kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's funny because you see um, he's basically beating up a bunch of his, I don't know, his sparring partners. It's yeah. just one against many. And you see this one guy, he's like so scared because he's like, oh, I just see all my comrades getting beaten mm-hmm. down in, in front of me. And the and camera he, is actually focused on him. Yeah, it's focused on him and you just see people flying around him. And he's, you know, he, he's, he's seeing people flying from camera right over to the left. So you think if he runs to the left, he'll be safe. But no, Black Dynamite's right, right there. there. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because what happens is so he's like, okay, he's on the left side now. I, I, if I go right, I'll be fine. Yeah. But what happens is you can see the shadow of yeah. Michael Jai White run run around the camera. It, it's you know it's it's obviously intentional. It's uh, yeah. very intentional, it's but it, so it's funny. Good. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, even yeah, the, again, the the you said it before. The action's very simple. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be um, you know like crazy flips and stuff. But you know like you're, like uh, who are the choreographers? We have uh, Ron Yuan and Roger Yuan apparently. Uh, based off of the IMDb um, billings, but um, yeah, so like they, I, I bet they, even if they were want to make something elaborate, like they they knew that in terms of um, keeping it constrained to what black exploitation films of the seventies were like, yeah. we want to make it uh, impactful, but we also want to keep it simple. 
Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, like, that fits Michael Jai White's, uh, you know, style of fighting on screen anyway. So, good for him. Um, so, the scene kind of just ends uh, with him uh, beating down all these people. And he, he rushes over to a bunch of bricks. And he's about to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this because he gets a phone call from his aunt, Billy. <laughs> and, he, like, he's like... His his fucking delivery for this line was perfect. He's like, "Who here is, dares interrupt my kung fu?" But the way he says kung fu is so fucking strange. He's like, "How does he how does he say it?" He's like, "Don't interrupt my kung fu or something oh, like that." Oh, I, I don't even recall that. <laughs> um, he says that, and then uh, he he gets a phone call, and the you know his aunt like the the performance from the actress saying the line is like, hey, "You're you're." Your your brother's dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everything is just it, so over dramatic. It was almost like she was reading her lines off of a card, but then also <laughs> reading the stage direction. Your brother's dead. Cry, you know. And <laughs> it's almost like that was happening in in a few scenes. And I think I think that did happen a few times where actors read their stage direction. Yeah. In addition oh, to that, I thought I read that. I, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But. No, yeah, like if you if you noticed it on screen, like uh, yeah, point it out because uh, if I can't imagine that you know not being true. Yeah, like, it's sure probably intentional. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so what happens now is he finds out that his brother is dead. Right, the British brother. <laughs> I, you know what? I felt I felt like this was a missed opportunity for what for for more comedy. So what happens is. In the beginning, you find out the brother is speaking with a British accent before he gets killed. Mm-hmm. I thought there would there would have been like a comedic moment where they tried to rat, where they tried to, I guess, close up this plot hole mm-hmm. that Black Dynamite is speaking with American accent, but his brother is speaking with a British accent. <laughs> no, they just they never get to it. Like, I thought there would have been a great moment there because nope. there is a very funny flashback <laughs> yeah. where they have to. They have to explain to the audience because they're not. You're not going to get it. It cuts to two younger actors, and the actors verbally say, "Like, what do you see? Like, I'm 18 year old Black Dynamite speaking to like my 16 year old younger brother. Like, they have to verbally tell us this because you would never know. Of course, you wouldn't because because that's not how flashbacks work. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's so fucking stupid. And that's that's sums up all the comedy in this movie. It's mm-hmm. so stupid, mm-hmm. but it's so good. Yeah, you're right. Like that, like that, that that did make me fucking like fall off my seat laughing. Actually, like he's he's delivering the lines. Like you, no, he's he's not only does he say that, he's like you are. I'm 18 yeah. year old and you're a 16 year old brother and you're high as a kite. Yeah, like they have to like really really hammer you over the head <laughs> with what's going on here. Yeah, and then um and then they go to the fu- they're at the funeral and then the the aunt is there just to berate him again yeah, with the same but thing. Did, so one of the things. Actually, I wanted to kind of mention too is like the music in this in this mm. uh, movie is actually really good. I didn't, yeah, I didn't really think about it the first time, but mm-hmm. like when you when you hear it when it, when it when his theme kicks in like that dynamite, yeah, dynamite. It's it's really rememberable as simple as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I know. Like, uh, I guess they're they're trying to like uh, pay homage to like the shaft theme. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the idea that I got. Um, like the the um like yeah like like you know when you think of the shaft theme like you immediately get a you know like the image of like shaft being a bad motherfucker and like obviously this movie overdoes it Mm -hmm. on purpose because like 
anytime there's like a pun or there's like an action scene happening or even when black dynamite just appears on screen it's like boom there's yeah, the music that, that theme song kicks in yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what i wanted to mention is mm -hmm. i didn't notice it before mm -hmm. but when they're at the funeral right the music that is playing mm -hmm. the the singer of the music is saying i think he's saying something along the lines of oh your brother's dead <laughs> and he's kind of like also narrating exactly what's happening <laughs> like to an extent not not fully right but i i didn't notice it before and i thought that was like a funny little like moment mm. so you know I, I don't remember the um the one who did the original that, that, that does that black dynamite theme mm -hmm. like the one goes black dynamite, not black dynamite. dynamite. Mm -hmm. yeah um, but the score in general was done by uh, Adrian Young. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but um, and I think I'm gonna give him a lot of props. We don't. I don't really like to talk about score too much, but in terms of again, and you can probably make a drinking game out of the, the amount of times I say the word authentic or uh, authenticity, but it, it adds to the authenticity of the the movie because it like um, a lot of it feels like something you would hear from a '70s film. Yeah. Because um, you can synthesize the music however you want and try to match it, but it doesn't work unless you're using the instruments from the 70s. And that's, I think that was deliberate. They, they try to make it as um, as realistic as possible. So, again, you know, fucking everything about this movie um, works for me uh, on, on every level when it comes to like paying homage while still being a parody. Yes. Yeah. So again, okay. geeked out a little bit too much. Yeah. Moving a little forward. Right. So So the plot now is... Yes, he is aware his brother's mm -hmm. his brother was killed, and now you know he's on a mission. He's trying to find his brother's killer, and that's kind of like the main plot. It it does deviate a lot from that a little bit, right? And uh, I don't want. I'm not trying to be negative, but just like for me, uh, some of the plot points is where I uh, it was kind of not working for mm -hmm. me. Uh, for instance. Uh, what was happening now is so he he realizes his brother was killed there is evidence that is potentially pointing him to like a new lead uh, i didn't like how this was handled because it was like hey i need to go to this person mm -hmm. let's introduce this character oh i'm giving you a little bit of information okay now let's go to this person and then it kind of goes along that same track like we introduce a new character he gets a little more information yeah. then we go to the next character like it it was a little stilted right. for me. Yeah, you know what? You're, you're, you're not wrong about that. I actually did feel that same way when I rewatched it. And mm -hmm. I've seen this several times. Um, so, yeah. Um, I did notice that the plot takes a while to get back to back on track with the whole um, brother aspect. And actually, I think that kind of gets dismissed later on. Because, you know, so, again, we're not trying to go too deep into the plot. But what, what we can say is that one plot point eventually it kind of just ends um and then it kind of leads into another plot point and then that leads to another plot point and then you know it starts off with you know him trying to figure out what happened to his brother and then it turns into like a him taking drugs off the streets and then him mm -hmm. going into uh fighting finding out who who is causing the drugs and you know like yeah such and yeah such. it it was almost like we're at point a it's yeah. like a to b b to c, c yeah to, like you can kind of feel that and and like that was taking me out of it a little bit like mm -hmm. i wish they were able to write it a little more organically so it wasn't this is the scene where we meet this character yeah this is a scene where we meet this character and because it, it kind of felt like that because each new scene actually introduced new characters right. like i wish 
they they did it a little differently. It, it's fine though. Like, but I I I felt that in the in the pacing. Right, right. You know, again, you're not wrong about that. Um, we are introduced to a lot of characters in this movie. Um, a lot of small ones. Obviously, you don't have to worry about those. But en- enough supporting characters that can kind of muddle down the story. Mm-hmm. But not. I'm trying again. I'm also trying not to be negative about that because it it, it kind of adds to the experience for me because it. We have a cartoon right after this, and I have seen, the, I've seen uh, most of the first season and a little bit of the second one, and um, it doesn't follow the same continuity. But because we've established the characters in the movie, it, it kind of uh, lends itself to like having um, fully fleshed out um, roles or, or characters in the show. Mm-hmm. So like we have characters like Cream Corn played by uh, Tommy Davidson, uh, and we even have Byron Minns, who is the writer. Um, as Bullhorn. Man, that guy's got a great voice. <laughs> Extremely distinctive voice. Yeah. Once once you hear him, you know who Bullhorn is. Did you know, after watching this several times, I didn't know what this character's gimmick was until... So his gimmick is that he rhymes. I've seen this movie like <laughs> what? a million times and I never picked up There's on that. There's always like that character who, you know, spouts rhymes. Like it, I, I feel like that's such a staple. I know. I don't know how I didn't pick up on that. I was like, okay. oh, he's not rhyming. Uh, I finally picked up on it. Oh, he rhymes. Is that why he, like, they stopped talking in one certain scene? They're just, like, so fed up with his character. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have we have a lot of little characters in the movie, and they all, you know, um, they have their little establishing scenes as well. Like, But there's also, like, uh, going off what you said before, there's a scene later on where we get introduced to the pimps. And oh this yeah, scene that is completely useless. Oh man, that I I felt like the I felt like a huge lull in that scene because mm-hmm. I I understand what they were doing because I think what happened is uh, Arsenio, Arsenio Hall yeah Arsenio Hall mm-hmm. took on a small role to be in that scene and I think it was like well we're just gonna show like him or, yeah. or the, maybe any other famous people who are in that scene and let them talk and it'll be funny right but I don't know pimp politics isn't exactly that interesting to me so the scene kind of drags right. it, it drags a little too much like I, I wish they cut the fat on that a little bit and i don't even remember how it ties into the story but it doesn't it, really matter so much right no you're right it, it okay in the the scheme of things it doesn't tie into a story and i can understand why they put this in there because and this is more of me approaching it from more of a more pedantic point of view because i'm just like you i i don't have as much exposure of black exploitation as you know one of our listeners might be um or anyone who grew up actually in the 70s um but uh, you know like pimp culture was a thing you know in the 70s you know like you, you you know like that was something that you also see in black exploitation films like you kind of you might even, the main character might even be uh, associated with pimp culture so entire plot point might be revolving around that but for the sake of this movie, they need to put that in there because it was part of black exploitation genre. So why not put that in there? Like if you imagine watching a kung fu movie where you know, like like in the early '80s, late '70s, and no mention there was no mention of uh, you know Shaolin. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's, I, I see it's what you like mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like it's, it's, a, it's a staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish, uh, and like I mentioned uh, bef- similarly before, I wish it was written a little more organically into mm-hmm. the plot because it as i meant as i said it feels like hey next scene new characters yeah so like yeah i just well, it the scene didn't really do anything for me. yeah it, you're right though it doesn't advance the plot at all 
Um, and not, not like plot is the biggest thing about this movie. It's all about mm. the comedy, and in my right. opinion. Um, but yeah, like it does slow, in my opinion, in this particular scene. And um, yeah, the whole purpose of this is just to establish that they're not, I wouldn't say that they're the bad guys, but they're all kind of subservient to Black Dynamite because they're the ones who are the drug pushers. Mm-hmm. So Black Dynamite shows up and he says, don't be doing that. Yeah. And they just don't because that they're, they're, they just know that Black Dynamite is that um, influential and that threatening that they cannot sell. Right. Um, which is kind of unheard of. You know, like pimps are supposed to be very threatening. They're, they own the streets. So why would they listen to this one person? Um, but they do. Yeah. Uh, because really Black Dynamite is just that uh, intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of like that about the character. He's, he's supposed to be so mythologized and so powerful um, and, and so unstoppable. Well, um, it definitely shows because up until that point, uh, we, we get it. Mm-hmm. Like We've seen a lot of Black Dynamite already. We know that when he visits those pimps that, yeah, they're... You know he doesn't. You know he doesn't control them, but you know they respect him at least. Right. Well, he doesn't show up for a solid like six minutes into the scene. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it, it it would be fine if there were more jokes in that scene, in that particular scene, right? I feel Wouldn't like so? I feel like there are, but they're probably maybe they're just going over my head. You think so? Or they're too specific to, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, the pimp politics that I just <laughs> I'm like oh, okay. I, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't do anything for me. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm. I'm on the same boat with you when it comes to that. Um, yeah. So like everything else. Uh, it. What were we? Where were we before we talk, started talking about the pimp? Right. The pimps. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, so the the general plot is that. Um, well, man. well, he tries to find out what happened to his brother, and mm-hmm. then the, that escalates to uh, like him trying, like getting, trying to get. Uh, uh, he's trying to get off the, the yeah. Streets. He's trying to get yeah. drugs off the streets because he meets you know an, a nice lady. Right, right. Who's uh involved? In, I guess she's like analogous to like a, a Black Panther, you know, like like Black Power movement. Yes, uh, yes. Like a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking love this because, um, did you notice that when they're on the streets, like when the streets are like supposedly really like bad, mm-hmm. um, you have. <laughs> They're 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 on their way to the orphanage, and you see the streets. They're like all dilapidated and and run run down. It's 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 the slums. Yeah, it's it's a city street, but then after the the point the plot point happens where um they well, he cleans it he up cleans it up it turns into the suburbs. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's so fucking stupid. Well, it's, it's the only way they could have showed that you know because they can't refilm on these cleaned up streets. No, but yeah. that's the thing. I think that was deliberate. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's deliberate too. <laughs> no, I, I, in that sense, I mean, like they 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 don't want to like re repackage the set and make it clean again like mm-hmm. they they're deliberately make the the filmmakers of this movie were deliberately making the choice to make it seem like oh we can turn any city street into the suburbs yeah, yeah. to make it look a thousand times cleaner mm-hmm. um man yeah so we have we have the female lead character here uh, who was the aforementioned uh black panther ish style um leader um from the previous scene we were just talking about um, well, she wasn't the leader of the Black Panthers. There is actually a technical leader. Right. Leader. I, I think she just had an association with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well she's her, like her main her, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. her main role is actually running an orphanage, which <laughs> triggers Black Dynamite because 
we get in a flashback that he is an orphan. I love the way he delivers that too. And he was like, "Oh, they're even smell." Like he he seems like kind of um, uh, distance himself, kind of uh, uh, removed from the whole situation. And oh, they're selling smack to the you know to the community. But then as soon as she says like, "Oh, they're even selling." Smack to the kid to the to orphans, orphans. <laughs> and like the Michael J. White's delivery on the not the orphans. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking right. good. Yeah, I, I hate to use triggered <laughs> in a comedy sense, but it literally does trigger him like PTSD. Yeah, I, I love it because he's like not the orphans. I I was an orphan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you get a flashback of him in the um in I guess like his orphanage. Mm-hmm. And all the and the other kids are like, "You're an orphan. You're an orphan." But he's at an orphanage. Mm-hmm. Well, the other kids are yeah. also orphans. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, uh, like little things like that. Like, was it pot calling the kettle? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> little things like that add up to like the the dumb the dumbness of this movie. Right. <laughs> but right. it's so deliberate and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he obviously kicks him out of the window. Like it's great because you get to see kids get beat up in the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, he he gets involved with that and that plot point as well, and that devol- evolves into um, I guess how does that lead up to the the drug thing? So they uh, they take down um, Mike Stars in the movie as well, in a really tiny role as well. Uh, he's I like this because um, Mike Starr, um, for you guys who don't know, who's in Ed Wood, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and he's he's done a lot of like little uh, tiny roles uh, here and there. Uh, that, but uh, he's in this movie as well, and uh, it, he, it, it's kind of weird because I feel like there's more probably more scenes with him in it. You'll have to remind me who his character is. Um, he is the <laughs> I was gonna say the white guy, but he is the white guy. Um, he's he he's he's one of the drug pushers. Okay. And uh like Black Dynamite uh, brings down in a kind of montage esque sequence where he, okay. he has a magnet like uh, <laughs> underneath his, his the yeah, helicopter. Okay. I, that I remember who this guy is. It it's weird because uh I guess one of the other things that I wasn't crazy about is like I didn't understand exactly who the villain was mm-hmm. in this movie. Well it develops, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things where it's like you you get a sense of who the vil- the villain is and mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, you keep on get, getting introduced to these characters. This guy who you're talking about, Mike... Mike Starr. Yeah. Mike Starr. Like, I thought he was going to be the main bad, mm-hmm. but then he gets killed in a montage. Yeah. Which, was, which is a little strange because at that point, I'm like, well, what's going on now? Like, who's the antagonist? Right. I mean, they, they resolve that, mm-hmm. but it, it, was, it was such a strange thing to do, to kill somebody off in a montage yeah. when you think that they're the villain. Right. Well, yeah, he wasn't the villain. He was supposedly, he, he's just a, a, a small role in the, the entire movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, that's what I'm trying to say before. Like, it seems like he has a more, more uh, he, they probably have more scenes with him actually in the movie, and they probably just cut it down for time. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's my impression of it. And the way that he dies is that you know, uh, Black Dynamite lowers a uh, some magnet and pulls his car off the road and just <laughs> drops him. But they use the same exact footage from earlier in the movie. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I'm a big fan of reusing footage in movies. <laughs> um, again, uh, so that's the thing about this movie. So it is limited by itself by a $2.9 million budget. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, it is paying homage to the low-budget black exploitation movies at the same time. So it is trying to mimic the movies 
while still uh, that um, have the same problem that, that it's experiencing itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they also have to try to match, you know, like the low budget feel of them, the, the original movies. Yeah. So I, that, that's something that like I appreciate about this movie is like yeah, it, they it still works. It, it works perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I, we say that th- that footage was reused because in an earlier scene, um, Black Dynamite chases down some uh, some guy named Cream Corn, played by again played by Tommy Davidson, and then he gets uh, he gets fed wrong information and he ends up at a pool hall. Mm. And, Good segue uh, because I did yeah. want to talk about this because okay. it is actually a fight. It is actually a fight scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's brief. And it's, it's very brief. Still funny. Yeah, uh, <laughs> little bits of comedy in there. Right. So I want to say uh, I, I started to notice this a little bit. There is what I'm calling the intimidation kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Bruce Lee is the first one to do this. I was just going to say from that, yeah. Way of the Dragon when he kicks the ceiling light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, Black Dynamite does it as well here with the pool hall mm-hmm. uh, lights, and it looks it looks great with this with the sparks flying everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think. Tony Jaw put the nail in the coffin though in Tom Young Goon by kicking the fucking <laughs> lamppost light. Like I don't, I don't think anyone's gonna top that. Yeah, he does a flip at the same time too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's crazy. <laughs> but I, I love that little shot of Black Dynamite kicking, you know, kicking right. the light and then um, mm-hmm. starting the fight. Yep. And uh, one of the things I wanted to point out uh, in this fight scene is that, uh, well, we also get uh, Michael Jai White using uh, nunchucks. Oh man. Okay. I want to see where you're going to go with this because I want to know if you're going to go in the same direction. As probably. Me. Probably. So uh, I'm not sure if this was intentional. So Michael Jai White is using nunchucks. You know, he's doing some movements with it. He looks like he's a little afraid of hitting himself because if you look at his mm. eyes, he, he, he looks really, really serious right. and he looks like he's not trying to break concentration. I'm not sure if that was intentional or not. Mm, okay. But he does some silly moves where he like kind of wraps it around his foot, and there is <laughs> a it. he kicks it. On. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking so about. So there's yeah. a great moment where it, it had to be intentional because he fucks up the choreography, and the nunchucks go flying off screen. <laughs> but then conveniently they fly back <laughs> into his hand later. It I I never noticed it before, but it's so nicely done because it's still all in the one shot. It's very brief, yeah. but I was like, wow. That's great. That's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think, I, not that I interpreted it differently, but I saw it differently. I, I, I saw it as him, um, he's, he's, he's flailing it around, like, like intimidating the, the opponents. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking Bruce Lee right now. I'm, I'm flailing these nunchucks around. And then he, he's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then he just throws it aside. Like, mm-hmm. as I'm like, I don't fucking need these anymore. Oh, uh, you saw it like that? That's oh, the way I interpreted it. I interpreted it as he messed up. No. And then somebody off camera had to give him the, <laughs> give him the pair back. That's the equivalent of like you wielding a gun and it's like like wow look what I, what I can do I can spin it around and then you just end up punching the person. <laughs> yeah. but that's what that's that's uh, the comedy that I, I got out of that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like it's funny because it still straddles the line between like comedy and still seeing what Michael Jai White can do physically because mm-hmm. he he can still deliver kicks he can still deliver the punches. Um, you know, like the sound editing is kind of what, um, like throws you off because it makes it seem a little goofier by obviously by today's standards, but it makes it seem more, uh, deliberately cheesy than it actually is. Cause you know, like if you, if you took that out, like you're actually just seeing Michael Jai White launch himself like four feet off the ground and like doing a kick and punch at the same time. And, you know, 
delivering that that uh, that that kind of action that you might see in his other movies. But it's played for laughs, so yeah. it, it's 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 a good scene, you know. And a lot of the action scenes involving fighting are kind of in that vein, you know. Like it's it's just a good balance of action and comedy. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. do have a, a slight critique on one of the comedy moments, though. Sure. Right. So uh, there's a moment at the end where uh, Bullhorn <laughs> comes in, mm-hmm. and I, I see what they're doing here. So mm-hmm. what happens is like he begins to fight one guy, and what they're showing you is him accidentally quote unquote slapping the guy yeah and the actor says like like, like, what the fuck yeah but then it cuts (laughs) and then it shows you the actual like footage like i i forgot about this moment and i got a little confused Uh because i was like wait what what happened i i i wish what happened is when they fucked up like i wish the boom mic fell i wish like maybe like uh like like uh you know like ad walked into the screen to like you you know like i wish they i wish they broke the, uh, fourth, the fourth wall exactly yeah. More, I, wish, yeah I wish they did right. a little more because it i i got a little confused but then i realized oh, okay they were they were making a joke right right i mean yeah like that's i think that would have been a little bit more on the nose but i, I know what you mean um like they stopped the music though so i think that for me was what like drew me in, drew me out of the movie mm-hmm. deliberately because you know again this movie is trying to be a parody so it's trying to it it's knows one to uh, to make it feel like yes it, it, it's self-aware Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like any quote unquote mistakes in it are supposed to be deliberate. So yeah. like things like that, like if, if they had like the, you know, um, the, the production designer like appear on screen, like that would have taken you too far out. But like there's mm-hmm. just enough mm-hmm. that like, like if you're, if you are keen on it, you will pick up on it. Like, so the music stops, for example, mm-hmm. like, so that you know that like, oh, now we're in that, um, part of the movie where like the mo- movie is. Um, the actors, quote unquote, actors in the movie are fed up with like the production. Well, of he it. got hit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then did you notice? Uh, maybe this is me, you know, like being uh, like not um, too accurate with the movie, but uh, I think it was a completely different actor when they 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 cut the uh, did the cut. Oh, really? I think mm. so. Like he did I... the slap. And then, like they did the cut, they're like they do the they do the frame cuts, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and then I think it was a different actor. Hmm. I I didn't really look at that. Um, you could be right. I don't know. Yeah, or we could just be racist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Uh, do you think we should just uh, just say spoiler section now? I don't know. Do you want to do? What do you, like what do you think we should do? Because uh, like now the rest of this is kind of spoilers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, this is tough. Cause yeah, like, because it, if we are going to talk about Doctor Wu, mm-hmm. uh, he's gonna it's gonna come out of nowhere. Do we want to just talk the about the movie? Kind of takes it out of nowhere. Well, right, well, there is a very funny moment where they they play the logic game all wrong. Where where they start connecting, they start connecting the dots, <laughs> but they do it in such a roundabout way. This is where our my whole anaconda malt liquor. Uh, thing, oh, I guess that's kind of a spoiler, but whatever. Yeah, uh, that's where, where my malt liquor reference comes in. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, continue. Right. Uh, so like 
I wouldn't want to talk about that because it's such a great moment mm-hmm. that's played for stupidity. <laughs> but it, but if you listen to what they're saying, it actually kind of works. <laughs> it's um, it's like the if you've seen um, oh, what's that uh, movie? Uh, fuck, Independence Day mm-hmm. when um, <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum will piece things together with, with some sort of trigger word, like some word will just like be like, oh, uh, Klondike. Klondike is made in the Alps. Alps are like uh, where where uh, you know polar bears. Oh, oh polar bears. Uh, you know hibernating. Oh, and the hibernation is a thing that you know like sleep. You know, sleep. Right, sleep right. is what you do twelve hours. Twelve. Twelve is a magic number. Like that's is basically where this scene. Kind yeah, of goes. He, he's making connections that <laughs> don't really connect correctly, and uh, it, it's a it's a great moment. I wouldn't want to uh, to spoil that because it, yeah, when it, I, when it comes, you see it coming, and you're like, where is this fucking coming? <laughs> Yeah, I you were talking about this to me before we decided to do this episode that this was probably your favorite moment or your most memorable it's moment. It's definitely in the, movie. the most memorable moment for me uh, in the movie because I I feel like uh, they start speaking to like background actors at this point too. <laughs> like, oh yeah, sure, you add your input here. It, it it's it's very very silly. Yeah, the, you know, uh, even little tiny jokes in the movie like um, there's this. One recurring character. Uh, earlier in the movie, he's he's like trying to do some sort of chicken and uh, no chili and donuts combination. Do you and know it, Do you know where this, this is from? No. What, what, what do you oh, mean? okay. So um, yes, so there so, is a restaurant uh-huh. called Chili and Donuts, mm-hmm. and the um, the owner is frustrated that his you know his two um, food food combinations is not working. Chili and donuts. Mm-hmm. And what it reveals uh, later on in this scene is that, oh, like, uh, what does the kitchen have left? And the, um, the waitress reveals, like, all we have is chicken and waffles. <laughs> and, what, and if you were paying attention to the owner's name, his name is Roscoe. Mm-hmm. Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles is oh. a very famous uh, eatery. I think it's in L.A. Mm-hmm. So I, they were trying to say, like, oh, this is the origin oh, okay. of that place. <laughs> right. I, I got the second half of that. I didn't know Roscoe's was, you know, even a restaurant. I didn't, I didn't know about that. But you go to L.A. all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, little things like that. Like, little tiny, tiny little jokes in the movie. Um, the, the earlier scene that he appears in the movie uh, was this little shootout that, in front of his restaurant. And um, <laughs> Dynamite's like... See, see some sort of mascot in this giant wheel, cheese wheel ma- uh, it's, costume? It, it, it's not the, the best costume because it's supposed to be a donut. Oh, is it? I thought it was a cheese That's wheel. That's why he was Roscoe's chili and donuts. Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. It, okay. it, yeah, they kind of messed up in that aspect. So, yes, there is a man in a mascot it's a round costume. Mas- it's a yeah. round costume it's yeah. literally it's literally a cheese wheel, but it's supposed to be a powdered donut. It doesn't, oh, okay. it doesn't come across as that. It it only helps that the owner says like oh I'm chili donuts yeah exactly so right. they kind of messed up in that as- aspect but it but it's okay no well I thought that was hilarious because a black dynamite shoots him up and then uh, the female lead is like why'd you do that it's like because donuts don't wear alligator shoes <laughs> I'm <laughs> such I'm pretty a sure line. that's a reference to something that I'm just I'm just not getting I'm maybe but i think it's just because they're like oh wow because that's obviously deductive reasoning mm-hmm. but it's just because the movie's so self-aware and so stupid mm-hmm. i think that's all it is um and i love the way that the donut falls 
It falls like a coin would. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you notice, <laughs> there, you know, there's supposed to be a man in a mascot costume. Uh, at that one moment when the donut falls, it, there's no one in there. <laughs> you see, like, the prosthetic hand sticking out. And then suddenly this, I don't know what, it, it's like an, an old-fashioned machine gun. Right. Is suddenly uh, in his possession. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, yeah, so, like, moving forward... Um, are we are we at, at the point where we can talk about Roger Yuan's entrance in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, um it, it's weird like the movie kind of I, I don't want to ruin It pivots. Yeah, yeah, it pivots pretty hard and mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin why it pivots, but I think we could talk about um the fact that a new villain is introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh he's a little bit one off, but what ends up happening is Black Dynamite and friends need to go to Kung Fu Island now. <laughs> Great yeah. name for an island. Uh it's very, very short, but they go to Kung Fu Island to fight the, you know, the evil Dr. Wu. Yeah, the, the fiendish Dr. Fiender, Wu. Fiender, yeah. excuse me, yes. Yeah, uh, Roger Yuan uh, has done a lot of little tiny roles uh, here and there, and uh, I'm glad that he was in this movie, too, because, uh, like, he, he adds to the comedic value of this um, this entire film. Because um, he, he's supposed to be, I guess he's supposed to be some sort of like Fu Manchu style. Um, oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, because he has the beard and everything. Um, and he's like this Fu Manchu style, like grandmaster fighter. Um, he's supposed to be very threatening. And I think this is the most choreography that we get out of this entire film. Um, Do you think? Because hmm. like, this is the only time where Black Dynamite fights other supposed martial artists. In the, okay, in the yeah, movie. yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of the last fight, but right. that, that isn't as choreographed as this right. one. Mm-hmm. So, um, see, that's the thing. This, this is something that I can't... This is no, something that we normally complain about when it comes to action movies. It's too dark. But mm-hmm. the thing about this movie is it's deliberate. So, what happens in the fight between him and, Corey, uh, and Roger Juan is um they're 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 you know they're, they're basically like doing these elaborate choreography things um in this fight scene but it's it's a little it, like the scene is lit really dark um and 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 such but well um what's his name oh roger yuan he's wearing a black gi yeah i think and black diamonds wearing, wearing all black he's wearing black fatigues yeah like yeah. when you have black on film uh, there's the danger of it, you know, like it, things are getting lost. Right. And they're, the background is like black boxes mm-hmm. or like poorly lit boxes. Yep. So, yeah, it, you can see how things uh, might be a little visually hard to notice. Right. There's no contrast, I guess is the yeah. way, best way to describe it. But like that's, again, I'm sure that's deliberate, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm sure they weren't like, oh, let's make this as visually appealing as possible. They're like, no, it's it, like, let's keep it as like... Uh, one to one is what to what you would see in a black exploitation yeah. film. Like, let's keep the action kind of good, but like, let's also kind of muddle it a little bit to kind of keep it as authentic as possible. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why, like, like you, you're you you still appreciate it because you're like, okay, there's action and you know, they're putting their heart and effort into it. So whatever, still good. Um, but yeah, like, obviously we jumped the gun a little bit when it comes to the actual action with the scene. Um, everything leading up to it, and again, trying not to spoil the movie, but um, some characters meet their demise. 
Um, right. And some of the delivery on these lines are so fucking good. Like, obviously, there are a lot of in-jokes here. Um, you might even hear it in our intro for this, for our, our show. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, like, we, we have that. And, I again, without going too, into specifics, I, my favorite line from the entire movie is Michael Jai White saying, Who saw where they come from? I, who, who saw where they- <laughs> oh, him <laughs> intentionally flubbing a line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I've I think I've mentioned this in the Eastern Condors episode. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a war film, <laughs> never pull out a photo. You know, <laughs> never give your backstory. You just, you're just you're just asking for it, you're right? Just asking one, for your demise. Yeah, one of the one character um, has this recurring theme in the movie where he will read out the supposed emotion. Like <laughs> he's like, like sarcastically, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. Or he'll say something like, um, like, yeah, like, can't wait to quit the revolution, start a family, show his picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, little things like oh, that. Oh, man, I didn't notice you that. You didn't pick up on no, that? No, I didn't pick up that, on that. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, you have to watch this movie several right, times. Right, right, like, yeah. Every now single, that I know that, I'll have to, I'll have to look out for it. I, I, I think this is one of those movies that every, every subsequent viewing, you will pick up on something you didn't watch the last time. That's mm-hmm. why I fucking love this movie. Um, and that's why I'm geeking out on it so much. Um, so yeah, like he's, he fights the, the fiendish Dr. Wu and, um, using his, what does he say? Like his black Panther fist of the black Panther or something, oh, something, something like that. Black, yeah. ta- black Panther tiger fist or something like yeah, that. Something along those yeah. Lines. Something like that. Um, and he, like they, they get in this little small, uh, fight, um, fiendish Dr. Wu ain't, you know, doesn't hold a candle to him. Um, so like that. <laughs> I like I like that uh, the doc, Dr. Wu like throws um throws like this shuriken or whatever off screen and it, it or, well, like, it's a, a boomerang. boomerang yes and it comes back and like it's a bladed boomerang <laughs> right but like the production value of it, it's so bad in that particular scene because mm-hmm. uh, like Dr. Wu uh, Roger Wan just like throws it towards the camera and then you just see like uh, Michael Jai White just duck it just looks like some some guy off screen just like kind of flailed it at him <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Roger Wong, uh, you know, he gets defeated. Again, won't get into the specifics of it. And Michael Jai White discovers the documents uh, of who's behind everything. Mm. Responsible for the smack. Responsible for uh, the... Um, the uh, Man, this is a huge spoiler if we get into it. But let's just say that there is a... The malt liquor in this movie that they advertise is... Uh, is does something to the black community and I, I don't know how to talk about this without spoiling it. Yeah. I don't think we should get too into it because it is a really funny moment. And yeah. It, it, it is very, it is kind of, it is a spoiler. So, mm-hmm. um, yes. Yeah. Um, the, the drink that has been given to the black community mm-hmm. is doing a disservice to them <laughs> for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, so they, what ends up happening is like Michael Jai White discovers who is responsible for all this and he goes to that person mm-hmm. and uh, by himself, by the way. And this this becomes a final battle um, between. Um, well, first he he takes out all the security guards. Let's call them as security guards. Um, I guess you, you can call this kind of a, a traditional one on many style martial arts fight. Michael Jai White's kind of like the Bruce Lee of this 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 scene. He's like he's taking on many in the style that you would see in like uh, uh, Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he even has time to change clothes, which is, you know, like, <laughs> of, course, of course, like to establish that he's just a bad motherfucker. 
Um, and then he, sh- he fights the final villain. And the reveal of who it is, it, again, try not to be spoiler heavy, but I think it's so appropriate for this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we, we intentionally left out information mm-hmm. because uh, as silly as it is that they come to this conclusion of what's going on mm-hmm. with, with the community and how they are being, quote unquote, like kind of poisoned. Yeah. Uh, when it reveals who the villain is, like it, it just it, it works because you'll just have to you'll just have to watch it. Right, exactly. Um, and I think it adds to it. Given if you were to think about 1970s Black America and who a potential villain of a movie would be, this is probably the most fitting character that you can probably put as the final boss. Right. And it's even funnier seeing that person wield nunchucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Um, and the whole thing, it, it's kind of funny because the, the final villain is a worthy adversary to Black Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's, he's holding his own. Uh, he's also wielding nunchucks. They're like, they're, they're trading blows. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Dynamite, you know, he, he, he obviously gets the upper hand at the end, but, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. There is a Deus Ex Machina moment. Oh, which one? In the in the ending, Wait. which is a mm-hmm. which is you know something that comes out of nowhere to you know help save the uh, protagonist mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. defeat the villain. Yeah, uh, right. I'm not gonna mention what it is, right. but I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, there's a little bit of foreshadowing mm-hmm. for it, but uh, I'm not crazy about that stuff. But it's fine because it, it's used as comedy in in this movie. Right, I like, it. <laughs> but that, that kind of just leads us to the end. The villain doesn't. Like, like he gets his comeuppance, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, the way that you describe it in, in the context of this movie. Um, but then uh, Black Dynamite is kind of walking into the sunset, and he gets uh, he gets two women <laughs> with two women like bowing at his feet. Essentially, they're yes. just, like they're just like, "Oh, you're so righteous." Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And he he kind of gives the the monologue, yeah. while looking off camera, you know, looking very stoically, very heroic, pulling out, you know, these big fucking uh, revolvers. So he takes out one revolver, and he has nunchucks in the other one. Oh, which I right, think, right, right. Even though this is a parody, I think that's a, such a badass, like, Oh, image. no, it's it's a really great cinematic shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just love it, because, like, the female lead comes in out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Into <laughs> the shot. Yeah. He's like, Intentionally <laughs> out of nowhere, yes. <laughs> You're like, where the fuck did she come from? Right, right. With another woman who was in the scene, yeah. kind of confused as what she's supposed to do, <laughs> which is kind of funny, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, not to spoil it anything, but that's that's basically how the movie ends, and we get our title crawl, and you see, like uh, like... They put a lot of heart and soul into the animation as well. For the oh yeah, it's well. in the it's in the style of the uh, like the Hanna Barbera yeah. cartoons, uh, kind of Scooby Doo ish. Yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. I, I didn't even think of it like that. But that's that's the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Trying again not to spoil it, spoil it because I think it's a huge recommend for for me at least, and I, I would be a disservice to anyone listening who hasn't seen it. Um, yeah, so that's it. Yeah, um, that, that's actually. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole movie. Right. Uh, it kind of throws a wrench into our normal format of let's talk about a bunch of action in this action-ridden film. Yeah. Um, and there, there are a decent amount of fight scenes in this movie, but I don't think we could really talk about it in the sense that we usually do where we try to break things down, you know, and try to 
really look at the choreography because I don't think they were trying to, you know, they weren't trying to reinvent the wheel. They were they were paying homage to the choreography at the time and they were, you know, they were trying to make it look authentic. Yeah, yeah. That, that That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, like that sums up everything I was going to say, essentially. Um, but I think the comedy is what sells it for me. You know, like mm-hmm. obviously the action, because we're an action podcast, um, is what we should be focusing on. But for me, um, this is still... Uh, in martial arts movie, it's it's very much you know, far removed from what we normally talk about, but it's still um, it still straddles the line, but far enough from the actual line that I think like we can definitely discuss it and be like this is an important martial arts movie that people need to watch. Um, but probably for, more for comedy than the action. I was going to say, uh, for me, this is more of a comedy that has martial arts in it. Okay. But it's fine. We can talk about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Zero, what is your... I'm sure... What, what do you think about the movie? Like, yeah. Would you recommend? I, I enjoyed it. I, I had, uh, and I mentioned it earlier, I had a bunch of problems with some of the pacing and some of the uh, plot structure in that hey, next scene, introduce new characters. Next scene, intru- like, I didn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. It took took it out of me f- a little bit. I, I wish characters were introduced a little more organically. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay, you know, like, uh, because the movie is, yes, it, it's it's very, very funny. Right. Uh, skip the pimp scene, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> if you want. Like, when you see, when, you'll see it when it comes on. You could fast forward through it. It doesn't really do anything yep. for you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like it, this is hard to re- recommend uh, for the action because it's mm-hmm. it's more parody right. than anything. Um, so like I wouldn't I would say don't watch you know the fights on YouTube because you know they're they're not there to be flashy in any sort of way. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, as a comedy, uh, I recommend it. I will say uh, there was one moment that I feel. Uh, pulled it out of the whole uh, 70s feel which one and um kind of have to spoil a little a little bit uh actually don't listen if you don't want to right. know but uh, sure okay it. actually i know how to get around it there's a moment where a character is set on fire oh and right unfortunately right. Oh, right. Yeah. it is cgi fire yeah. i i wish they went the route with the pyrotechnics mm-hmm. and you know really setting a person on fire yeah because it's it's pretty obvious like <laughs> that would be the probably the only moment in the movie where um, it kind of breaks it for me because you know right. it's, it's it's very digital at that point. Right. No, that's very true. Like I, I thought about the last time too. Um, but I guess <laughs> with the two point nine million dollar budget, they yeah, didn't, yeah, they didn't have enough money for left for insurance. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, it's it's forgivable in that aspect. But uh, I kind of wish they could have went the extra yeah. mile and and had you know man on fire. Right, like, right. It, it would have been perfect. Yeah, what whatever usage of prosthetics that they actually did have in the movie, I thought it was, it's, it it's uh, it's bad enough that you know that it's not real, but mm-hmm. good enough that you can accept that it happened in the realm of the movie. Yeah, it, right? it, if it was a dummy, like mm-hmm. I probably would yeah. have been fine with that because it probably would have added to the uh, comedic uh, side of of everything. Yeah. But yeah, that would be the only moment that took it out of me in in terms of being like a like a 70s black black exploitation film okay yeah no i completely agree i think that uh, that all everything you said was valid um i'm basically on the same exact side of the fence with you um 
Yeah, no, like, again, like, every time I watch this movie, it, it gets funnier to me. Like, I appreciate something more about it every time, you know, with every subsequent view, viewing of it. And I don't really have that much to add to it besides what you just said. Um, I will say, I haven't seen Outlaw Johnny Black yet. That's the se- the supposed, uh, and, uh, what, what's the, what's the phrase that they call it? The spiritual, spiritual successor. Sequel? Or mm-hmm. a sequel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much information about that's it. That's recent, right? Yeah, that's pretty I, recent. I think there's yeah. isn't there still a Kickstarter for it or something like that? Yeah, well, and I think that came out actually. Oh, did it really? Like, it oh, actually okay. did come out, but no, there's it's really hard to find. I really, and mm-hmm. I would love to support it, but I just don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I not to you know put any, that movie down, but I would would have loved this Black Dynamite too. Yeah, I think that would. Well, we we got the cartoon series, and based on what you see in this movie, it is very easy to make the jump from this live action kind of parody to a cartoon because they they do the the movie does feel kind of like a cartoon at times. Yeah. So like, I was perfectly fine with it going to an animated series, and I love some of those episodes, like Michael Jackson episodes, (laughs) (laughs) and what they do, how they write that episode is really really fun. Uh, my my favorite is uh, the one with uh, Richard Pryor and Michael. Uh, sorry, uh, my, uh, Black Dynamite is doesn't like Richard Pryor on the basis that he doesn't laugh. He doesn't like comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that sums up uh, Black Dynamite's character as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fucking, I would love this. I, I would love to just recommend this movie as a whole. Um, but again, uh, we, let's talk about this as a action movie podcast. Uh, it, you're right. It, we I wouldn't recommend it just solely on the action. Um, but if you are interested in uh, mar- in any ways the history of uh, film um, at all, and if you're, you're interested in any semblance uh, for uh, black exploitation movies, then I think this is such a great send off for it. It's for me. It's like a, I think that this is. Does a much better homage to black exploitation, like kung fu black exploitation, than it does like kung like kung pao does for kung fu mm. movies. You know, like okay. like you know what I mean. Like that's also considered a parody kung fu movie, mm-hmm. but that movie is fucking dog shit. Right, right. Okay, okay. I, I see what you mean. So, <laughs> kung pao is, I, I and I can't really uh, attest because I haven't seen it. Oh, I, I, I think I, I think I understand that like Kung Pao is a parody that is trying to cash in maybe on a genre right. where I think that Black Dynamite is a love letter to the genre. That's a really good way to describe it. Love letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kung Pao is more like just straight up mocking um, the genre, whereas mm-hmm. uh, Black Dynamite is like a love letter, like you said before. Um, Kung Pao doesn't really, I don't feel like it understands the source material I feel like they're just trying so hard to. Just well, I think be... they're taking the famous things and they're parodying it. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a literal sense of the word parody. Right, right, and it's it does it so cheaply. Um, not in the sense that like low budget cheaply, but like they they, they take low low shots, like like mm. really, um, you know, like they're just taking like pot shots at the at, at a genre where like the only limitations were the budget, whereas Black Dynamite is. It's like it's taking shots at it because it's low budget, but this movie's also low budget, and we're gonna use the same uh, format, our same constraints, and try to make it a a, a decent, 
a, a, a send off to the genre, um, and you know, like, and, and still do it in a loving way. Yeah. So that's that's why I fucking love this movie. It it, it does it so well. Um, but like I said before, it's not um, it's not action ridden in, in terms of like martial arts choreography. And I wouldn't recommend it either on YouTube, but I would say you need to watch this movie um, because it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. <laughs> it's high on my list. But uh, yeah, that, that's my recommendation, and that's why I geeked out so hard on this episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. What? <laughs> good, good contribution to yes, this Yes, yes. <laughs>